You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right. Welcome back to some of the most unprofessional radio <laughs> in Tucson and in Arizona, actually. And uh, third hour, Chaka Blocka. We have Marconi both- and Tesla have both protested. Yeah. Yeah. We got uh, we got bonus tracks with uh, Dr. Van Buren here. And the boys from Vero's are here with Italian pastry. And then Representative Quang Wen's calling in. Uh, if you're looking for those cookies that uh, that everybody just uh, loves, especially around Christmas time, but you can get them all year round there uh, from an old-fashioned bakery, that's the place to go. I think they're out there. They're out there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, we're doing top ten. Um, doing top Ch- ten. Charles Durning movies and... and um, the remaining three are probably on my top ten list of movies, period. Um, that's how what? good they are. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, here we go. You ready? Yeah, please. Number three, Dog Day Afternoon. Absolutely love this film. It uh, stars uh, John Cassell and Al Pacino and Carol Kane's in it. And it is just a fantastic movie about these two guys that are just desperate and uh, you know life isn't going well for them. They, so they go in and they hold up a bank. And Charles Durning is the cop who's negotiating with them. And it is absolutely fantastic. The movie came out in 1975. I did see it in the theater back then. It's 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. And just is a fantastic, fantastic film. And there's one scene where John Cassell is not the brightest guy in the world. So they're negotiating with uh, Durning. And he says, uh, Sal, where do you want to go? We can go anywhere. We're going to get a plane. We're going to do this. We got the hostages. We'll give them the hostages back and they'll fly us anywhere we want to go. Where do you want to go? Any country you want to go. And he goes, I want to go to North Dakota. He goes, Sal, I think that's in the United States. You can't go there. <laughs> anyway, it's just a great, great movie. Great movie. Frantic pace to this movie at yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love it. I just, it's, and, and it's, Al Pacino is, is one of the best actors who ever lived, and he is fantastic in this. And Durning is very good opposite him negoti- during the negotiations. Dog day afternoon. Indeed. Next uh, one. Next one up is The Sting. Oh, you 1973. Love the Sting. This, this one is in my top five. I I mean, it is just such a good movie, and it's about the about Paul Newman and working together with uh, Bobby Redford, guy? Robert Redford, and and uh, th- how they're going to scam this guy. And it is fantastic. There's a poker scene on a train with Paul Newman and the, and him, and it is just sensational. But right down to the end, and again, what does Durning play? He plays a cop that that uh, that basically uh, you know helps out at the end of the movie. And it is really, really, it's one of the best films ever made. Really and, is. Uh, Unbelievably solid cast, top to bottom. Some of the best character actors, no question, in this movie. Oh, it was it was, it was sensational. And and the thing is, I wish these two guys, Redford and and Paul Newman, had done more movies together. Of course, they did Butch Casting the Sundance Kid, which is another great film. But they just didn't have a lot of scripts for these guys, and I don't know why it didn't happen. But it, it's a shame because they were magnificent on the screen together. And Robert Shaw is amazing. Oh, as Robert Shaw as, is just phenomenal. I mean, he's just he, you you loathe him during the entire movie, and that's that that when you can elicit that from the audience, that's an amazing achievement. Have we done top ten Robert Shaws? We have not. There you go. Mm. Thank you very much. I think I have our, my next topic. 
Robert and, Shaw. And then number one? Number number one. It's my number one. Uh, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? I love this film. I mean, it's 89%. I literally had three people text me and says, Oh, Brother, Thou better be up there. It is. It's number one. It's And, and he plays politician Pappy O'Daniel in this, uh, Charles Durning. And he's so good. And I think they're, they're singing one of their songs. And he goes up on stage as big as he was at the end of his career. Right. And he's dancing. And it is, it is an absolute hoot. But uh, the movie stars George uh, Clooney. Um, uh, John Goodman is in this. Holly Hunter. George, uh, John Turturro. It's, it is, it's magnificent. Magnificent. It's it's about these guys who escape prison and uh, they go to a radio station and they uh, record this song and it becomes a number one hit. And Charles Durning wants to use the hit um, to promote his campaign. And it is it's it's a hoot. It's a sensational. And uh, George Clooney throughout the whole thing because he's trying to get back with his wife and his his and his daughters uh, because he was in prison. And he goes, but I'm the paterfamilias. You can't marry anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> no, great film. Again, the mix of the music and, you know, the Coen Brothers film, different oh. different than their other films. Yes. Right? Much different. Yes. And uh, so, and Clooney's great in it. He is. The, uh, so my my, my kind of like, you know, just kind of like my bonus tracks on this, right? Right. I forgot that Charles Durning was in Tootsie. Yeah. You're right. Right. Yeah, I forgot that. was that. a great film. You know, great, so, great film. Um, yeah. so uh, that was one. Uh, the other one was the Muppet movie, of course. Oh, yeah. The, the original OG Muppet movie, not that other stuff later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very interesting film called The Final Countdown he was in. This is Kirk Douglas, and they're the uh, they're the uh, the USS Nimitz, but they go back in time during 1941. I remember. Yeah. Kind of a kind of a fun little movie. It I, was. I, I forgot that Durning I, was in I like those kind of I like those kind of things because they really make you think, what if this could have happened? would be really amazing. Then a movie I wish was almost remade mm-hmm. was, uh, and we've talked about this on Jack Lemon Day. Yeah. It's Mass Appeal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is a film in the uh, 1984, and basically uh, Jack Lemon plays the popular pastor of a Catholic church, and he brings on, there's a kind of a, uh, they assign a rebel seminarian who's studying to be a priest to work right. with him. There you go. And Charles Durning plays the Monsignor, who's kind of the authority guy in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. And what's really good about it is you could tell that Jack Lemon as the pastor sleepwalking, mm-hmm. right? He just knows all the happy crap, guys. Reminds me of Father Todd a little bit at St. Thomas in the old days. And then um, this guy, so what happens is it's the idea that the the rebel guy kind of teaches him, he starts learning how to like, what your real job as a priest is and there's that kind of there's there's conflict right but then they kind of help each other and uh so anyway, that's another film, and I wish they would. Rain. The Catholic Church needs a good kick in the ass with a movie like this. Uh, Durning uh, also played a Catholic priest on Everybody Loves Raymond. I oh, don't that's know if you right. Remember he was that, the family he priest. He was a family priest, and uh, when when uh, when Ray got together with his wife originally before they were married, uh, uh, somehow the mother cooks up this thing. We got to go see them because we're afraid they might have relations, and we don't want that to happen. And then they asked Charles Durning why he was there, and he goes, "I'm just here for the lasagna." <laughs> <laughs> 
that's, I remember his black outfit made him look extra ruddy. Yeah. So big time. Mark Van Buren, we'll see you at the track this weekend. Good Absolutely, job as always. Thank, Thank you, you for your all your efforts. Yep. Come on out, everybody. It'll be a great weekend. Beautiful weather wise. All right. We gotta uh, we gotta go to break. We got our crew. I don't know if I'm gonna get to the calls right now, kids. So um, we're gonna get I got Vera I got Vito and Vito here from Vero's. So we're talking uh, St. Joseph's Italian pastry when we come back. Bottom of the hour, House of Representatives, Quang Wen coming up from uh, the Prescott area. So wake up, Tucson, 1030. The voice, little Xanadu. Matt said, you can't do a whole album featured around the bongos. It's untrue. The old Bongolia by the incredible Bongo Band. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Welcome back to the Wake Up Tucson show. I promised you a triple food Friday earlier in the show, and now we're, we're, we're fulfilling that promise. We have our friends Vito Croce and Vito Croce here. <laughs> <laughs> From Vero's Italian Bakery on yeah. Broadway and 22nd. Good morning. I need yeah. you guys to get a little close. Bring your mic a little closer. Oh, yeah. There sure you go. No problems. Morning. Vito Sr., how are you? I'm doing great. Great. And you? Not too bad. So we just were hearing from Raina at Shish Kebab that she's been in business for 30 years coming up in the next year. How long has Vero's Italian Bakery been in existence in Tucson? Well, we opened up in 1985. So what is it? 38 years? That's amazing. So we moved here from New York in 1988. So good job because you were, you were kind of a New York lifesaver for us in relation to bread and, of course, pastry. So, And you made my wedding cake. So, Oh, yeah. Your beautiful wife. Still remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rose is still mentally scarred from working with DeSimone on his wedding cake. <laughs> um, so uh, when people ask you, you know, you say, I own this place. We own this place called Vero's Italian Bakery and Cafe. Tell us about the cafe part. What's what, what's what's offered at the cafe? Oh, what what isn't offered? We have lunch, coffee, pizzas, sandwiches, uh, pastas, breads, cookies. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, we even have groceries. You know, right. coming for all the things. So I've, I and so, dessert. And, the, well, of course, yeah, dessert. Little, uh, <laughs> I, there's, there's a lot to there, right? Oh, you guys are doing gelato? Is that? We, I forgot the gelato, of course. Yeah. Yes, we have gelato, too. <laughs> we were one of the first people in town to actually start making it. Like, before it became a thing, we had gelato. You kids are making the gelato? We sure are. Wow. That's actually super impressive. I did not know you. I thought you guys had a, just a very good supplier of gelato, but you guys are making it. Well, the supplier is sitting right here, the guy that makes it. <laughs> Big <Vito. laughs> We keep him in the back, and he just makes all the gelato all day. The uh, this is a total family business, and uh, day one. <laughs> the um, so when you look at you know the people who are coming into your shop, right? You have a great cross section of humanity that are coming in, and you have a you have a and you have a commercial uh, part of the business. So where so for you guys, what's the exciting part? If you've been doing it for thirty seven years, what's the thirty eight years? What's the exciting part of this business? Because you guys are working your tail off over there. What's the exciting part of the business for senior? Well, um, get to meet a lot of people. I'll put you right there. Get to meet a lot of people, uh, a lot of people that are from Italy. And enjoy seeing the military guys that come there that say, He keeps, oh, he keeps I was... running away from that microphone. <laughs> I'm not? Okay. <laughs> I'm still sleeping, that's why. <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah, so we meet a lot of military people that say that they've been in Italy, in Aviano, or even in... Um, Trapani, so, and they they enjoy, you know, getting the same things that they used to get over there, the gelato, the, uh, and some of the pastries and the cannolis, especially. 
So and you know, get to meet a lot of people and become a lot of you know become friends with them. So enjoy looking forward when they come in. So and how about for you, Vito, senior? Uh, I mean. Uh, Basically on that, you know, a lot of people have been coming in with their families and me growing up in the business, I've watched their families grow up as well and expand even, you know, so I think that's been a really cool aspect. And even with the commercial businesses, a lot of them are family owned as well. So I speak to a lot of the, you know, sons and daughters of those business owners and it's, it's all family, you know, Tucson's all about family. Yeah, no, it is. And that's our favorite places, right? I mean, we've been mm-hmm. celebrating family owned businesses for 14 years on this on this show and you guys are the perfect example of it so let's talk about saint joseph's day it's coming up uh, as a guy in new york with saint patrick's day so huge in new york right <laughs> but then at the same time two days later is saint joseph's day and of course but i have a lot of joseph's in my family including my big brother joe and Even i had a celebration right i had a grandma named josephine right <laughs> so for for me in our household march 19th was kind of a minor holiday in the De Simone household. I mean, I think Joe got gifts and crap. I Saint Christopher, uh, I'm a second-rate saint on July 25th, according to the Catholic Church. So, you know, they they throw me a pizza or something, which is fine on July. But he'd get gifts and stuff, and I'm like, hey, uh, what's going on there, bro? You know. So, what's Saint Joseph's Day mean for you guys as an Italian family? Oh gosh, for me, it's always the food. <laughs> I love the the food of the holidays is always my favorite part. You know, as you get older, gifts you know dwindle down a little bit. But there's always the food. So St. Joseph's food, pasta milanese with the sardines and the, the raisins and the pine nuts. Of course, we got the St. Uh, Zeppelis here with the custard and the, the ricotta. You know, the debate ensues. So that's so my question is for you guys, now that I have my bakery experts here, we heard of St. Joseph's Sfinci and then there's Zeppeli, mm. right? Is there a difference? What's the difference between a Sfinci and a Zeppeli? So the big difference that I've always seen is the Sfinji has the uh, the anchovies inside of it, and it's just a plain dough, right? Well, and then the Zeppoli is a sweeter depends one. Depends what part of Italy you're from, but uh, in Palermo or Sicily, where we're from, the Sfinjis are made with the rice, and then uh, it's you know made into a batter, and it's fried, and then you just uh, dip it in cinnamon and sugar. Mm. Gotcha. So okay. So then, but I've also seen it like some like festivals in New York that a Zeppoli is the fried piece of dough. Right? Is that like a Neapolitan thing? I don't know. So uh, you know that, <laughs> that <laughs> I'm not sure. That's okay. So well, when you go to when you go to when I, I just took some beautiful pictures of this, but you, when you go to St. Joseph's for St. Joseph's Day pastries, you're already for sale, right? Mm-hmm. You say said March first, you get the St. Joseph's Zeppeli, right? This so they order right, and then the difference we have here is just the topping of these two boxes. Well, one of them has got the traditional ricotta. Uh, similar, same as the cannoli filling, and the other one has got a, a custard whipped cream. Gotcha. And they're both inside and out. Yes. So it's you see the custard and the ricotta on top, but it's also filled inside. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do we? So um, I've been eating Saint Joseph Zeppoli my entire life, right? Is there a reason why Zeppoli for Saint Joseph's Day? Do you guys know any of the origin of of that at all, and why? <laughs> Or is this something they've always done? You you went to a Catholic school church. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's a tradition. Well, my mother made it, and my, yes, my grandmother you. made it, and, <laughs> and everybody made it, so we make it. It's more family tradition <laughs> for us. <laughs> you know, I know in back, back in Italy, they do the big St. Joseph's table, you know, with all the breads mm, and well, stuff like that. Back, back in Italy, what they do is um, they prepare 
all kinds of food. Um, like my son said, the pasta milanese. They also have fried anchovies. Um, all, all types of foods. And what they do is they have um, the kids in the town that um, are poor, and they, they come with the priest, and they knock on the door, they say a prayer, and then uh, they let the kids come in and enjoy the the food for free. And it, it, that was a big thing, me growing up in uh, Sicily. and Love it. And this was part of the pastries that uh, they were doing on there as well. Beautiful. All right, what's the hours of operation for Vero's Italian Bakery and Cafe, gentlemen? We are open Tuesday through Saturday. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Friday, uh, Saturdays from 8, sorry, 9 to 3. And uh, Fridays were open for dinner until 8 p.m. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks for bringing all the goodies. Happy St. Joseph's Day to both you guys. Happy St. Joseph's and uh, happy upcoming St. Patrick's. Correct. I do, we do both in my household, so we'll do it. Why not? Why not? Why not? All the festivities. All right. Vero's Italian Bakery and Cafe. They're on the northeast corner of 22nd and Sarnoff on the east side of town. Mm-hmm. And uh, Junior, what's the uh, what's the website for people to check out? Vero'sBakery.com. Love it. All right. Congratulations on 38 years of excellence and uh, keep going. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Vero's Italian Bakery, one of my favorites. Triple Food Friday is now complete. Uh, we have Representative Quang Wen calling in from the Prescott area on a fentanyl bill that he's working on. Wake up. Hey, SQ here. Uh, don't forget about the Wake Up Tucson remote coming up at Gap Ministries, April 4th, 6 to 9 a.m. Gap Ministries Campus of Hope, 2025 West Highway Drive. $20 for an amazing buffet. And you can see Chris do Wake Up Tucson. That's April 4th, 6 to 9 a.m. You can get your tickets at wakeup.gapmen.com. We got to see him do a show? Well, we would have charged $30. (laughs) But since the trade-off is the $10, we reduce it by $10 so they can watch the show. $10 pain bonus. (laughs) Like the Jack Benny thing. The the more expensive seats are further back in the arena. (laughs) The... uh... I was got a little. I was I was handing out Zeppeli to the crew. So uh, you're on Wake Up Tucson. Let's go right to the phones. Uh, we have State Representative Quang Wen on the phone. Uh, Representative Wen, welcome to the show. Good morning, Chris. I really appreciate you having me on today. How long have you been uh, a uh, legislator in the state of Arizona, sir? I am into my second term, which is my third year, and uh, uh, you know I'm. Uh, uh, I'm glad I can do a couple of couple of things to change things around a little bit. The um, and what area of Arizona? Where's your district? Uh, I'm actually in District One, which covers Prescott, Prescott Valley, Chino Valley, and the surrounding area from Ash Fork all the way down to uh, Black Canyon City. There's a little bit of growth over there going on in the Prescott Valley. A little bit. Oh my <laughs> gosh! I uh, I moved here in 2004. We had 26,000 people living in Prescott Valley. I think we uh, exceeded 50,000. So, yeah, you can see in a short time, and it just doubled in population. And uh, you know, so uh, I'm I'm very proud to be uh, the first Pres- uh, citizen from Prescott Valley to uh, represent us uh, at the Capitol. So, um, I'm I'm very fortunate and I'm very thankful. What's uh, in your first term of being in the, in the House? Uh, what's a what's a piece of legislation that you were a part of that you were uh, particularly proud of? You know, I, um, uh, Chris, I was, my gosh, I had seven bills signed into law by uh, Governor Doug Ducey, 
And uh, there are several pieces that are, that are so important to me, especially during the COVID um, uh, pandemic. Uh, I was able to pass the bill that would allow um, uh, clergy members to enter the hospital to provide uh, end-of-life care, spiritual care. And then I did the same thing for um, long-term care facilities. And last year, I passed 2263 that would uh, allow family members to visit uh, patients during a pandemic. Uh, so uh, the hospital would have to provide uh, um, policy to allow family members to come in. If you remember during the COVID period, uh, you, you can't even see your family members in hospitals. So um, uh, I, I changed that. The uh, so going into a much different uh, kind of uh, environment this year with a new mix of Republicans and Democrats. The Republicans still have a slight edge in each house, but of course we have a um, Democrat uh, governor. Give us uh, uh-huh. what's 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 the difference of the dynamics of this house uh, that you're dealing with now than it was the previous two years. You know, obviously it was difficult. And, and you know, sometimes uh, when I look back and I see people criticizing uh, Governor Doug Ducey, and I will tell you right now, Chris, I miss him tremendously. Yeah, I bet. Um, because we just, right now we can't get a budget. Uh, you know, obviously she vetoed, I, I think, up to date 16 bills, uh, including the budget. And uh, I don't foresee Governor Hobbs uh, signing um, anything significant. That, that, you know, that I would introduce. Um, and so it, it has been very difficult. We have a big class of freshmen coming in. Uh, that in itself can be difficult as well. And so I'm just going day to day trying to get things done. Uh, fentanyl is big on my, uh, my dish right now, uh, and I'm going to continue to work on it. As a matter of fact, today after the radio interview with you, I'm going to have a couple of meetings on the fentanyl bill. So this is this is a fentanyl bill that you introduced. Yes, um, give you a little bit of background. Um, I, I have a you know good a good friend of uh, mine up here who called me back in May of twenty one, and uh, you know I just pulled into the parking lot of the House of Representatives, and she said, "Kwong, my um, my daughter died yesterday of fentanyl poisoning. And I literally canceled all my meetings that morning. And I sat in the parking lot for two hours uh, talking to her. And uh, that's when I, uh, you know, started working with uh, Sheila Polk, our Yavapai County attorney, uh, various law enforcement, uh, Matt Force, uh, trying to come up with the language for a bill. And so I'm sort of into my third year now, worked on the same bill. so I'll just fast forward. It, it's very difficult. It, it seems like many people, legislators, just don't want to have a uh, a drug homicide bill. Um, no matter how hard you try to amend the bill, it, it's never good enough. And so, um, you know, we had ninety-seven thousand people dying in, uh, died in twenty-two uh, in twenty-one. A hundred north of one hundred and ten in twenty-two. And um, I'm afraid we may have to sit for another year and see how many people will uh, will die. So, what? Tell us about. Tell, give, give me the details of the bill and tell me where the where the pushback has been. And I assume you're getting pushback from Republicans on this. Uh, obviously, you know, I wasn't going to get any Democrat support on this. And and I would just say this uh, subjectively, 
uh, I would say uh, we have misplaced compassion. Um, you know, the way I look at judiciary is, um, uh, you know, searching for justice. And we're searching for justice for the victims. Uh, but we have a, a lot of people out there that are constantly fighting for justice for uh, the perpetrators. Uh, you know, we, we have to find some way to protect the, the dealers uh, because they really didn't mean to kill. So what's so what's uh, the what's what, what's, about, what's 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 the details of your bill? What 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 does yeah, it specifically so, do so, for the fentanyl crisis that we're dealing with? So 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 the the name of the bill is a drug homicide bill. So what it does is, if a dealer is connected to a death, and it has to be proven, the prosecutors have to prove that that death is traced back to the dealer. At that point, it's a uh, uh, class two felony. And at that point, you go to jail for a minimum of 10 years, okay? And if you have priors, then the minimum becomes 15 years. And that's all. We're not talking about prosecuting users. We're not talking about prosecuting uh, transfer between friends and friends. We actually remove the transfer and change it to sell. So you have to sell, meaning there's a cash transaction. There's something of value being traded uh, to, to define the word sell. Uh, but yet that's never good enough. It's just never good enough. We continue to work with legislators, and they continue to come back and say, well, that's not good enough. You, you're, you're grabbing too many people. And I keep going back. Law enforcement will continue to climb the ladder to find the source of the seller, not not people at parties and not users. But that's how the bill is being sold as, oh, well, Kwong is out there trying to uh, get a hold and prosecute, you know, put more people in prisons, uh, the users. And that's not true at all. The, uh, so, so I assume you've, you've been, this bill's been heard in committee? Yes, this uh, bill were, uh, was heard in committee the last time. It was 10 to 0 uh, coming out. And one of the reasons for that is you have a lot of victims, families in the audience. So and so, so everybody voted yes, but then uh, you got a couple of people um, on you know our side, Republican side, that said no, I'm not going to be on it. So we uh, we wasted another year. So we went over to this year. Uh, this time, uh, Republicans actually voted no in committee, killing the bill. For, I, I think it was two yes. Uh, myself voting yes, and my uh, my seatmate Selena Bliss, uh, LD1, voted yes as well. She's my vice chair, um, and everybody else voted no. And I I'm at a loss. And so today, but I'm I'm not you know I don't give up on these kind of things. And so I'm going to continue to work on it, and hopefully we'll come to some agreement at that at some point in time that um, victims are more important than dealers we if, we if you don't get that message i i don't know what else to do so i guess my inter- my, my part here is that so when I, I usually at the end of a hearing most well most people will explain their why they're voting no on something right so on those explanations of why they're voting no on this bill uh quang quang is that they're basically saying that it's too wide of a net 
Yeah, they're saying it's still wide open net. Uh, it, uh, we, we have people actually testifying said that uh, uh, most of the users are also selling in order to uh, support their habits. Uh, my point is this. Uh, if you sell, you're a killer. If you sell a drug knowing that this drug may kill somebody, uh, to me, that's murder. And so the explanation of the votes, uh, we have this little habit here. When we don't like something, we just simply say, well, it's unconstitutional. But when you say, well, what part of these, this bill is uh, violating the Constitution, usually you get the, bla the, the blank stare. You, you, you don't get any response. In this case, uh, you, you have a legislator that, that says that, you know, it's sweeping too many people. Uh, this bill should be targeting uh, the cartel instead of the, the dealers. Well, I would tell you, there are a thousand people working for a cartel. I'm not sure how we can go uh, after a cartel from the, uh, from, the, the, from the state legislature. That should be a federal problem. But we, as, state, as the state legislature, need to go after the dealers in between, the people that are making money for the cartel. And right now, they're not being held accountable. And so the excuse is always, well, you're sweeping too many people. You're sweeping a lot of the users are selling. Uh, well, selling is selling. Using is using. I'm not going after users. I'm going after sellers. I don't care if you sell three pills. And if you look at the text messages between the seller and the user, you will see that they will text the user and said, hey, be careful with this stuff. This is dangerous stuff. They know it. So the idea that they're selling these pills, not understanding that it may kill you, is, is a false argument. And this is the, uh, which committee, uh, is this judiciary? Yes, sir. Okay. So uh, is, is this bill dead in the water for right now? Um, well, we, uh, we did do, do a striker through uh, Representative uh, Steve Montenegro, who was very kind to allow me to strike his language. Um, so, but it's going over to the Senate right now, and I'm hoping to be able to strike it over there as well. So we're going to keep it alive, but I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, sometimes I'm just at a loss. Chris, uh, I, you know, I'm just doing everything I can. And if I can't do it this year, you know, I'll be back next year and do it just all over again. Um, so it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's on life support, but it's not quite dead yet. Gotcha. All right. Well, like I said, um, if there's anything, you know, I don't know what the call the action is you want from any listeners in Arizona, that, that, that uh, to help you with this or, you know, figure it out. But uh... Absolutely. Contact every single Republican in the House and the Senate and just say, hey, have Kwong over to, to talk to you. Have him come over to talk to you. Have, you know, have a, a meeting with law enforcement. Have a meeting with uh, victims. Have a meeting with county prosecutors. Um, all they want to do is find a tool they can actually go out and prosecute. Uh, these dealers with. That's all they're needing is a tool because the current tool doesn't work. And so we have to find a different set of tools for them. Talk to, to those legislators and say, you know, why are you against this? And why are you for it? Could you help make this happen? Because we're, we're going to go, Chris, I promise you, if it's 110 this year, 
it's going to be 150 next year in 23, by the end of 23. And so anything you can do out there to encourage your legislators to say, you know, everybody's talking about a crisis, right? It's easy to sit in committee and say we have a crisis, but no one is willing to solve the crisis. The, uh, so what you can do is if you go to azpeopleslobbyist.com, uh, you can hit House Judiciary, and it shows, and you have the emails. So the other Republicans, Quan is the uh, chairman, and then you have McGar, Marshall, uh, Colladin, and Bliss. So, um, right, and right. We'll, we'll find out and, more. And contact them. Yes, sir. I I so appreciate your time. So, and again, if there's anything that you can uh, email email me about the the details of the bill, I'd love to look at it. Uh, real close, and if you could do that, I'll 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 send it to you. But it's wakeuptucson at gmail dot com, and I'd love to find out. I really would love to find out why anyone would would vote against this. I, I feel like I, I don't know what I'm missing. So, well, uh, you know, I would encourage your audience to go and watch the the uh, committee video uh, on House Bill twenty one sixty seven. Okay. So House Bill 2167, go watch the committee and you will see the, 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 the testimonies from both for and against. And you get a pretty good idea of who's voting how. Awesome. All right. Well, sir, thanks for the call in. Thanks for the knowledge. And uh, I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a great weekend. You too, sir. That's uh, State Representative Quan Wen from uh, District 1 in the Prescott Valley about his fentanyl bill. So let's go to break. One more segment. You know how many tabs I got left after all these amazing guests? Tabs everywhere. Woo! It's like a tab soda commercial. They still sell tab? For beautiful people. Ugh! Wake up, Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. All right, we got to get going. Time to, we haven't done a uh, rapid-fire saber dance in a long time. So been a while. Uh, real quick, listener Paul, I remember the film Choir Boys that Mark was talking about with Charles Durning. It was terrific. Can't find it anywhere to watch. Very politically incorrect. Lots of drunkenness, incorrect language, <laughs> politically incorrect language, and reflects the way cops were following the Vietnam War. Interesting. That's from Paul. All right, we got to get going. Uh, these tabs are just. Oh, Ed Alexander would have a seizure with the tabs. <laughs> tabs. Uh, KOLD is, uh, it's kind of, I mean, it was, it's, if you want a fluff piece on the new migrant center that Pima County is spending, I mean, I thought it was, they should have, uh, who wrote this crap? Shelby, you should be, you should be ashamed of yourself on this one, Shelby Slaughter. Uh, this is, this is like a brochure. This is like one of those bad Rio Nuevo brochures with the folklorico dancers. This, this is Shelby Slaughter on the migrant center. Shelby, find out how much money we put in. Remember, uh, we were at thirty-four million at the beginning of the year. What are we at now? Doing this thing, right? Um, I also like uh, Rex Scott. Uh, it's uh, really good because it's close to I ten because they're only here for a couple of days, and then we fly them all over the place. Oh, you know what happens then, right? No one could actually find them at that point because, of course, what do we think? Eighty-two percent of them aren't showing up to their uh, their immigration uh, hearing at all. Uh, what else do we got here today? Great piece on Marana by Sabria Reed at KOLD. Uh, here's a thing. Of, it's called, uh, here's a, Marana booming with economic development. Tucson booming with fentanyl. Town of Marana had 300,000 acres available for development last year, a year ago. It's all been purchased. All 300,000 acres. 
And we're, we're sitting there doing a battery company, for God's sakes. So we got that going for us. Uh, what else do we got here today? Do, 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 do. Oh, the La Nina's now, now we're, the, the La Nina's gone. My El Nino, played by Chris Farley. Now we're, now we're moving into an El Nino. So remember it was climate change, but really now they're saying that the drought on the West was caused by La Nina. So is that climate change or Maybe is that climate something? cycle? <laughs> or climate cycle, correct. And then uh, a bunch of you sent me this uh, story about no labels, a new political party that's formed, and they're on the ballot in 2024. When I look at the actual, um, when I look at the actual lady who runs it, her name's uh, Jacobson. She is like the most uber Democrat humanly possible. So it looks like a group made of Democrats, and I don't know if they're there to spoil it for. The Democrats, or they're there to spoil it for Republicans. I'm not sure. Uh, I, Matt, I got 17 tabs to go, bro. What's going on here? Got about 30 seconds. Come I'm on. just going to thank Two everybody. Seconds per I'm going to thank everybody. Matt Neely, thank you. Chris Faddis did a great job today. Reina from Shishkebab House, Fatima from Inca's Peruvian, the Croce Boys from Vero's Italian Bakery, Mark Van Buren, and Quan Wang from when from the Arizona House of Representatives. That's a Friday, kids. That's what I'm telling you. Dr. D. Filippo and the kids with the ward-only ballot, including Drew Heaton, coming up on Monday. Wake up.